Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Hi, and welcome to the Shoot from the Heart podcast with me, Diane Bell. If you want to write a script, make a movie, or quite simply live an abundant and creatively fulfilled life, you are in the right place. Each week, I'll share with you tips, techniques, and real-world information that will inspire and empower you on your path. Thank you so much for joining me. I am rooting for you all the way. Let's do this. Hello, screenwriters, filmmakers, and beautiful creative souls, and welcome to episode 23 of the Shoot from the Heart podcast. I hope you're doing okay. This is a really difficult time. It seems we go from one unprecedented difficult time to another. I'm recording this on Tuesday, June 2nd. This is officially Blackout Tuesday, so I feel kind of weird doing this. Of course, the debate is raging as to whether we should be silent or not. I feel there is a power in using our voices, but I also feel there's a great power in being silent and listening. And that's what I'm trying to do on social media right now to hashtag amplify melanated voices to support black people at this moment in any way that I can. However, I decided to record this as I had planned to do because I feel there's an important thing to discuss and it's the power of your voice. For so many of us, we feel often like we don't really have power. We think of power as being something that only certain people have, like the president (laughs) or certain movie stars or celebrities. We don't think of ourselves as being powerful. But I want to invite you today to consider what power means, how you do have it, even if you don't recognize it, and how you can use it for good. And I think this is such an important topic of conversation at any time, but particularly now. So in preparation for today's podcast, I looked up power in the dictionary. And one of the definitions of it, I had a number of different definitions. One of them was the ability to affect change. And I think this is an important definition to hone in on because when we realize who we are, we realize we all have that ability. We all have power. Every single one of us is the co-creator of our own lives. If you've listened to this podcast much, you've probably heard me mention this before. But when you look into what you are, who you are, what is a human being, you discover through quantum physics that you are really an energy field. Or I should say you're part of an energy field. You are an energy field within a massive one, right? You are source manifesting in a physical three-dimensional human body, but you are source. And as such, you have humongous powers to affect the energy field of which we are all a part. Every thought that you think, every word that you say, everything that you write, everything that you do, all of these have energy. All of them are energy. 
and they all feed back into source and help co-create your own existence. This is why I say all the time, you're speaking your life into existence. If you keep saying to yourself, I have no power, you have no power. If you keep saying to yourself, I am powerful, I am powerful, I am capable, I can create the life that I dream of, you will do so. Now, once you get past the step of realizing the power of controlling your own thoughts for yourself, controlling what you say, choosing deliberately to think things that create the life that you want, choosing deliberately to say things that support the vision that you have of your life in the future, even if you don't have evidence of it now. Once you realize that, that's kind of the first step. And then you sort of realize, though, that everything that you say also has an impact on other people and on the world. It's like each of us has this amazing magic power to create the lives we want for ourselves, but we're part of this giant collective magnetic field of energy. And we're all contributing to it, each and every single one of us. So once you realize the power to create your own life, you realize also how you're contributing to create the world. Now, if you are a creator specifically, and we're all creators, as I said, we're all co-creating reality all the time. But if you are, in addition to that, an artist of some kind, you write screenplays, you make movies, you write novels or short stories, the work that you create has an energy. It goes into the world and it has an effect. If you've written anything, you might have had this experience where you write something, it sort of came through you, it was channeled through you, and then later it kind of comes true. Have any of you experienced that? I've experienced it a number of times. And I feel like when I look back, I'm like, did I write that into existence? Is it because I wrote it that it became something in the world? Have you considered that before? It's so fascinating to me. But everything you create has an effect. Every single thing. You are either challenging the status quo with your work or you are affirming it. You're either affirming the power structures that exist already within our societies, or in some way, you're suggesting new possibilities. I know, it's pretty crazy, right? You think you're just writing a horror movie or a rom-com, not changing the world. But you are, everything that you create has some kind of message in it. It's telling people, this is the way the world is. This is the way it can be. This is it. So once you realize that, you realize how important it is to be conscious of what messages you're sending out. And I don't want to be here like saying, oh, you have to make work that's, you know, high and mighty and it's going to change the world and teach people and educate them and inform them and all that stuff. Look, you could be making freaking horror movies and they have an impact. And it's not that they can't be scary. If you think about Jordan Peele, for instance, I mean, he's a master of doing this. He's using the horror movie genre. But his work, of course, questions the power structures in our society. It's amazing what he's doing. It's absolutely incredible. So you don't have to be making high and mighty work. It doesn't mean you can't write a rom-com if you want. But if you're going to write a rom-com, start questioning the little choices that you're making in your script. What kind of world are you proposing in your script? What power structures are you supporting with it? And which ones are you questioning and suggesting perhaps better alternatives? Now, something really interesting about all this, when you become aware of it and you become 
conscious that you want to create work that does contribute in some kind of positive way in the society. And as I say, it doesn't mean that you're all going to go out and write socially conscious dramas or something. But it does mean that no matter what genre you're working in, you're going to make sure that it is contributing something positive and of value to society at large. And if you make that decision, of course, the next question is, you know, how do you do this? What is really interesting to me on my journey, and I'm so grateful to be alive right now and to be going through all the questioning, the dismantling of the structures in my mind as well as in society. It's not always easy. It's certainly not comfortable, but my God, I'm grateful for it. I've always considered myself to be a feminist, for instance, always. But I didn't realize the extent to which my mind had been conditioned and colonized by the patriarchy until very late on. I considered myself a feminist, but my first movie fails the Bechdel test at the first step. Now, if you don't know the Bechdel test, it's this test that came up. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. I do that all the time. I apologize. I read words and I read them all the time and I don't actually know how to say them because I never hear anyone say it. So Bechdel test, <laughs> B-E-C-H-D-E-L. Just send me the, send me, send, send me an, 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 a message and tell me how to say it properly. But Bechdel test. So... This test basically asks of a movie, are there two female characters in the film? That's question one. Question two is, if there are two female characters, do they speak to each other? No, I think maybe question number two is, do they have names? And then question number three is, do these two female characters with names speak to each other? Right? And if they do speak to each other, is it about something other than men? <laughs> and obviously most films... When this test is applied to them, most films actually fail at step one. They don't even have two female characters in them. Isn't that astonishing? And by the time you ask, do they have names, then forget it. You know, you're already, I think, at like 85% movies failing it. And then if you ask, do they speak to each other, you know, it's like 97% or something. It's just, it's, it's abysmal. The, the power of this test is it brings into focus, like, how deep and wide the problem is. We're probably not aware that we're not watching women all the time and that women are sidelined and women are just the wives and the girlfriends to the main characters. We're not really aware of it until we apply the test. When I first learned of this test, I had already made my first film, Obsolidia. And as I say, I considered myself a feminist, absolutely, on board, all the way. But I applied the test to my movie and it failed. It was shocking to me. It was like, oh my goodness, my movie did have two female characters in it. Both of them did have names, but they never met. The movie is about a man. And the two women, one of them is really the catalyst for his change, for his transformation in the film. And the other one is symbolic of his change in the way that he interacts with her. So neither of them really exists for themselves. And I was like totally shocked when I found this. You know, I was like, oh my goodness, how could I, me, <laughs> me who's always been a feminist and always been outspoken about these things and always considered myself something of a radical, how could I have made a film that failed this simple test? And I was horrified. And it kind of brought into focus for me just how conditioned I was, how conditioned my subconscious brain is, my unconscious thinking and the whole thing is, we have been conditioned and colonized, our brains have been, by our society. And our society is patriarchal. Our society is dominated by white culture and the white supremacist message 
And even though you might hate those things, you might consider yourself a total anti-racist feminist, you probably still have some unconscious biases if you are a white female or if you're a white male. So it's really important for us to recognize that. It's really important for us to do the work to figure out how to decolonize our brains, how to really open ourselves up to create new stories, to create new characters, to really work at a different level so that we can collectively imagine a new world. Because I have said this so many times, but the movies that we make, they do not just reflect our reality, they help create it. So we have to do this work. We have to make the shifts inside ourselves. We have to recognize the unconscious biases that we have and try to change them. I'm not saying this work is easy. After I learned about the Bechdel test, you know, when I was writing my second movie, I was uh, totally like, okay, I, I am putting women front and center. And I made a movie. It's, uh, it was released under the name Bleeding Heart. I, always, I still think of it as Shiva in May. The working title was always Shiva in May. It didn't get changed, the title, until it was about to be released. And I didn't even get to choose the title. That's how it goes sometimes. Bleeding Heart. So Shiva and May, that movie is about two sisters. And it was really important to me to write a movie that put the women front and center and to make them the agents and to make them the people who are transforming and to make the story about them. What I hadn't really reckoned on is just how sidelined movies about women are. You might notice that uh, the only time a woman has won an award for being best director at the Oscars, it was Catherine Bigelow for the movie The Hurt Locker which is one of the most masculine and male films you'll ever see. I don't think there's, I mean, women, there's a woman maybe for two minutes at the end, the wife, but really it's all men all the way. It's all about masculinity. And I don't think at this point I'd be shocked if a woman could get nominated for a movie that was actually about women. Never mind a, a man. Nobody gets nominated for films that are about women yet. Yet. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. With my own film, when it was released, I immediately noticed that so many critics were annoyed about the fact that the male characters in my movie are two-dimensional. This really, they all felt they had to mention this and bring it up. I, I didn't think it was true, personally. I don't think the male characters were two-dimensional. I think they were pretty interesting. But many people felt that they were. But I sort of felt like, hey, they're, they're secondary characters. They're, the movie is not about them. But people didn't seem to be able to really see the central characters. And I'm saying people. Let's be honest. 75% of film critics at the moment are male. To get back to our subject, power and your voice. Typically, I would say, and you'll hear me say all the time, trust your instincts. Trust your instincts. But to be honest, your instincts are often the result of your conditioning. It's really important for us to wake up to that. So my instincts as a writer might lead me down to the place that is safe, that is comfortable, that is regurgitating the stories, the narratives, the characters that I have been told, that I have grown up with, that I have ingested and have become part of my subconscious. So in this case, I would say question your instincts. As you're a writer, if you're a writer or if you're making films, question your instincts. When you immediately start thinking of a male character, it doesn't have to be male. Why? Could it be a female character? 
could be a trans character or a gay character could we have a black character you know like question your instincts and do this for every single character and everything in your movie don't just lean on the first idea the first idea is often the conditioned idea and as I say I feel weird saying this because I'm always like saying trust your instincts go with your heart but honestly your mind has been conditioned your mind is totally and utterly brainwashed by your society. And if we're going to create a new society, all of us, and my God, if it's not evident right now that we need to do that, if you're on board and you're like, we have to change this, it starts with you. And it starts with you questioning your instincts, questioning your biases, questioning your conditioning, becoming aware of it. And as I say, this is hard work because most of us are conditioned to think I'm not a racist. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a misogynist. Not me. <laughs> That's those other people, those nasty people. I'm all good, <laughs> right? I'm all good. I don't need to worry. I can just write whatever I want to write. It's all going to be good. I am telling you. I am telling you, please, 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 trust me. You have to look deeper. When the Me Too movement kicked off, I remember the first thing hearing about Harvey Weinstein, the first thing that popped in my head was, well, everybody knew about this, so what? <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I'm a little ashamed to admit that. That was my thought. Everybody knew about this, so what? This is news? And then slowly it creeped up on me. No, this is not acceptable. Like how he was living and what he was doing was not acceptable. Never mind the fact it was illegal, it was completely immoral, immoral and unethical and wrong. And yet my conditioning had been so strong growing up that men in power behave like this and that's just the way the world is. And if you're a woman of a certain age, I think you'll probably relate to what I just said. It's not okay. We have to change these things. We have to change the power structures in our world if we want to create a just and equal and beautiful world. And as I said, it starts with us. And so... I just want to wrap this up by saying I implore you do this work it's time for change and the change starts with each one of us so please 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 as a creator recognize that you have power recognize that the work you put out into the world has an effect you might think that it's not a big deal because you're just making a little movie for ten thousand dollars or something it has an effect. It's all contributing to this world that we live in. Is it contributing in the way you want to? Is your work questioning the power structures? Is it challenging them? Is it offering a new way, a different way? Please, please, please do this work on your work and use your power. If you're so lucky as to be an artist in this world, if you're somebody who has the time, the luxury to be able to write, to be able to create, to be able to make movies, you have a responsibility. Use it. Use it well. Let's make a beautiful, beautiful world, the world that we dream of. We can do it together. Okay, you guys, that's what I've got for you this week. Thank you so much for being here with me. I am so grateful to each and every one of you who listens to this and who also sends me messages. I love, love, love hearing from you. So if you have any thoughts you would like to share with me, please, please send them to me. You can either reach me through my website, dianebell.com, or you can leave a review. It's so great to hear from you. I appreciate it so much. 
And I hope this episode has been helpful in some way that maybe it just sparks a little opening in your brain, affirms something you might have already been thinking about. The big takeaway, the big takeaway is no matter who you are, where you are, what you are, your voice has power. So use it. Take care, guys, and I'll see you next week. Bye.